What's up, lovers and friends? I'm Amanda. And I'm Marty. And welcome to the Crazy in Love podcast, where we discuss all things mental health, relationships, and the Black community. So our spark for this week, um, we had a conversation with Black women. So um, of course, it's time that we got to talk to our brothers um, and see what friendship among Black men means to them. So uh, we have an amazing guest today. Uh, Clarence, a 32-year-old entrepreneur and educator from Vicksburg, Mississippi, and currently located in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, He is the founder of OS Design Company, a graphic design marketing firm available to small and mid-sized businesses. So say what's up, Clarence. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing out there? I'm good, Clarence. Thank you so much for being out here with us today. Yes, thank you. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Now, before we start, I've known Clarence for way too long for me to remember. It's been over 20 years. That much I can say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, we've legit been friends, close friends, since seventh grade. So... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's it? What's it? Local culture. That's the class. Yeah. Yeah, local culture, but we, but I, we first played football together, right? Yeah, we played football together. Yeah, that's when we first met. Right. And so, like right. you, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's why we. Yeah. yeah. That's why we. So. Yeah. Yeah. We we known each other since at least fifth grade, and we are well out of college. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they let y'all know. So. With this topic today, it's going to work really, really well, especially with us knowing each other for this long. Yeah, y'all probably definitely. feel like brothers, I'm sure. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. definitely. Yeah, we used to uh, lock people to, at school. I had to listen. <laughs> y'all used to what? I'm, I'll let more talk about that one. Um, y'all used to I what said, at school? <laughs> we used to a lot, a lot of people at uh, State saying they were related. Like, when we first got there, we're talking about, yeah, we're cousins. And, you know... Because we're That's both light skin, yeah. we're light skin, and we folks are like, oh, y'all look alike, y'all must be related. I mean, like, uh, honestly, honestly, <laughs> if y'all said that today, I'd be like, yeah, y'all probably are cousins, whatever. Y'all both from the same place, too. Yeah, so. Uh, I mean, down south, that's not unheard of. You from the same town as you cousins. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, and, pretty normal. Yeah, and, and y'all are both light skin, so it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we, I think, especially in high school, like we spent so much time together. Like you, you wouldn't have known. Like, definitely, all, all, all the crew was always together. So, like, I honestly, honestly, I can't think of a high school memory that didn't include Marty, that didn't include Jane, didn't include you know other individuals. That you know we were real close. You know, I, I know Marty was a fly five. Like yeah. that was the <laughs> our quote unquote little click in high school and whatnot. And I, I can't think of a memory that does not include them. So yeah, I mean it's not too far fetched to say we were family. That's my brother, my brothers. So what does uh brotherhood between black men mean to you? To mean to y'all really. Um I, honestly, um 
I don't know how bad this sounds or whatnot, but it's an insurance policy. Like it's, I have your back, you have mine. Um, no matter what, um, I mean, M Marta can tell you like th there's been times that we didn't talk for maybe, you know, once or twice every couple of weeks, skip a couple of months. But when we did talk, it was like, we never skipped a beat. Um, I'm busy, he's busy, he has a life, I have a life, but um, brotherhood, black brotherhood means that at any given time, if I need you, I can call on my brother. And, you know, even if I just need to talk, I can call him my brother, and I feel like I have that in him. I am. That's very, very true. Like, what, what he's saying is the key to what brotherhood is in general, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. being there for someone. Um, I've had cases where I've needed something for Clarence. He'll come do it for me and vice versa. We have... Mm -hmm. a, one, one of our friends who uh, we couldn't get on today because he had work, like, and I need to go to the hospital. He drove from his house about an hour away and took me to the hospital. So, like, that's legit being there no matter what for mm -hmm. your friends to the best of your ability. Um, like, even through fights, even through arguments, like, even through telling people the truth when they don't want to hear it, like all of that, like you still there for that person. And they know that mm -hmm. no matter what, you yeah. got their back. You got their back. Uh, truthfully, you got their family's back. Like if they need you, they know without a question or a doubt, like this who's going to be there for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned like another friend. Cause I was like, I know y'all have each other, but I was like, y'all have other, do you find that in other, you know, friends? But now I'm like interested in some of those stories of like <laughs> the, the fights, even through the fights of stuff that you want to hear telling the story. Well, I, I'll say this, like for, for us, it, I think it's part of it just cause we've known each other for so long mm -hmm. that like our fights weren't really fights like mm -hmm. not 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 physical fights nothing like that is legit well, i knew that right well i i know people who get to fighting all the time like legit so like yes, and, and, yes. and their friends like but we we've, we've definitely argued like that happens um but most of anything with us has mostly been frustration like one of us frustrated with the other yeah and then be like an hour two hours a day all right. Anyway, so what we doing? <laughs> yeah, like, like honestly, not to, not to that, be the last. That's really been the nature of our relationship. Like almost that stereotypical when guys on you see guys on TV and they, they made the jokes about how guys can be mad one hour the next hour with their best friends. That's literally us. Um, at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, that's my brother. And at the end of the day, if I need mm -hmm. him, I can call on him. And if he needs me, he can call on me. So. Yeah, and. What's funny, like I tell people all the time, like I have friend groups, like, mm -hmm. and it's not that my friend groups don't intermingle. It's just that they're at different places in life and at different groups of cores. But what's funny about Clarence, Clarence is in two of my friend groups. <laughs> like, <laughs> and my fact, Clarence, yeah, Clarence might be the only person that's in two of my friend groups, like two different groups. Because mm -hmm. we've known each other since high school. So we have our high school friend group. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went to college together and we got our college friend group. And 
and like Clarence got his uh fraternity friend group I got mine like Mm -hmm. we all have like so many different groups that we go but no matter what we know that if nothing else happens if nothing else happens I didn't have anyone else that I can call him or he can call me and Mm -hmm. hey I need this I I got you if I have it or something like that, or, Hey, this going on. Like, I think, so this one thing with me Mm -hmm. for the longest I've been broke. And I mean, this in a nice way. I've been broke, Mm -hmm. broke, like struggling, trying to pay bills by myself, Mm broke. And so like, there's been a lot of times where I couldn't make it to like some of my friends, um, family members funerals family members this family members that like mm-hmm. I just couldn't make it because I had ten dollars in my name mm-hmm. but for Clarence for Clarence when at his uh granddaddy died who I'm I knew his granddaddy too I literally drove 10 hours like it was legit a 10-hour drive from Savannah to Visper to make sure I was mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. so like it's that type of being there for someone especially when you know how important something else if you if you can do it you do it mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely you make sacrifices for your your friends for certain most definitely most definitely I, I, <clears throat> and i i just i just recently knew but i didn't even know it was that much of a struggle to get there and just thinking about it like that when he died that really did take a toll on me and it really meant something that he made it to that funeral um I mean, he was there. He already knows how I took it. Um, the fact that he was there, he was in my corner. He looked out for me. You know, he made sure that I was good. That meant something. That really meant the world to me. The fact that mm-hmm. he was there for me. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know the backstory that all that entailed <laughs> to get in there, and that just that just makes that moment even more special. It makes it more memorable. It makes me, you know, it makes that loyalty even deeper because. He did. He did what he had to do to get to me in my weakest moment. So you know, I love him. I love you, man. I appreciate that. So you know, like, this is question one. Right, right, right. That's literally just the first one. We have so many more to go. But it's a good segue because I mean, you you said something that really resonated with me. Um, you mentioned that y'all are kind of like stereotypical in the vein that y'all will, you know, maybe be frustrated with each other, but then, you know, like give yourself a couple hours or a day or whatever, and then y'all good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there is a stereotype that men don't confide in each other about their feelings. And like, you literally just said, you know, I love you, man. And like, you know, talked about being there for him during, you know, well, Marty being there for you during, you know, funeral and a week time in your life after you lost your grandfather. So like, do you feel as though, like, you know, people say men don't confide in each other about their feelings. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, right. can you shatter this stereotype? What's, give me your feedback. I need. Oh, I don't fuck with that at all. Oh, I don't fuck with that. Now, I'm not saying this. It's not, I don't want to say it's true, but um, I can say that in a lot of people's reality in their world, the people they surround themselves, they may think that's true, but by all means, I don't that's not me. Like I wear my, my emotions on my sleeve. I have no problem telling you when I'm vulnerable. I have no problem telling you this upset me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't always been like that. Like it's, it took some growth. It took some realization. It took having people like Marty, um, having people, friends like Bert, 
another one of the best friends that was could have been here tonight. Um, having John, having you know those guys in my life that I consider brothers, knowing that I can judge them whatever, and they're mm -hmm. not going to judge me. They're not going to like. Yeah, they've definitely said some things. They said some shit that I didn't like. I definitely feel like <laughs> I definitely after talking to him, I was like, yeah, like fuck you, like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do this. <laughs> but later on, but later on, after giving what they said some real thought, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm real big on being honest with yourself. You have to mm -hmm. be honest with yourself. And yeah. when I take in later what they said, being honest, okay, yeah, he was right. He was right. Clarence, what the fuck you did? That was fucked up. You you should do better. You need to change your ways or what you whatever you did wasn't right. You need to fix it. Um, and it it, it took work to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely believe that you know we do compare our things to the rest of the world to make sure we're in line with that. To make sure that we're guess what to say. I want to I guess be political or whatever, but um. <laughs> want to make sure that we're doing things that other people would deem correct or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I, de I definitely think as men, sometimes we, I don't know, because I feel like this could be, <laughs> I, I, I can get so fucked up in so many ways. <laughs> If you say it the wrong way, but um, I, I got it. I, I got do you it. mean put? Do you mean put too much stock? See, see, this yeah. exact, yeah. exact, exact <laughs> never my brother coming in and saving my life. He's gonna come in and swoop in because he's not gonna let me bury myself. So yeah, sometimes we're stuck in our ways, okay. like yeah. really just stuck in our ways. So there's some habits that are legit hard to break. It's some things that it's difficult for us to reconcile or even to check people with because like you say it, it is easy for us to confide in one each other is at least in my group of friends like it's easy for us to confide in each other easy for us to talk to each other but you know sometimes there are some some things you be like is this important or not like if someone says something that's a little off you're just like like, or something you don't disagree, something you don't agree with. You're just like, mm -hmm. is this is this something that's important or is this just me feeling some type of way? Like you're having to recheck yourself and re-see the situation for what it is before you mm -hmm. say something that's not warranted at that time. Like, especially in the moment. Because it's, it's so easy. Like most of the times, like me and Clarence, for the most part, had had any type of falling out, it was in the moment things, like in the moment. Yeah. So that's why I say like an hour or two later, it's like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, it's legit learning how to, learning how to say, so yeah, not react and knowing what to say when it needs to be said. And not, everything doesn't have to be said at that moment. Sometimes you just need to wait and bring it back up. So you can get your thoughts cleared out. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. And and to go back to the the question, like I one thing that's difficult in well, I think I'm actually going to the second question, but it's well, fine. that's fine. <laughs> <Don't worry>. um, <laughs> 
it's about, you know, like about, like you said, about men not confiding in each other and um, having society dictate what manhood is and what masculinity is. Like some of it, especially when you're young, it's a lot of fighting. It's a lot of, nah, I don't need to know about this. Nah, I don't need to know about that. When you're young, when you're 16, 17, 18, maybe even 19, like that's how you are. But the older that you get, the more you realize, hey, I don't have time for that. Like, I can't keep holding stuff in. I have to let it go. I have to let someone know. And there's two ways to do it. There's either confide in your friends or confide in the person that you're dating. And the last thing any guy needs to be doing is confiding all of that into the person that they're dating. That brings brings that toxicity and all of that into that relationship when that's not necessarily what it needs. You have your friends there to help you work, work your way through it, work your way through what's going on. And they're there to help you see what's going on and talk to you about it so you can be there and talk about it, if, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to get it together. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I see what you mean. I mean, as you know, I think with the person that you're dating, though, if if you have intent to be with them for a long time and you really trust that person, I think that they can be helpful, too. Like they can also be a friend that you can provide in. I mean, I'm not saying that you should not have your your guy friends because you definitely need your guy friends like. You need time away. I think everybody themselves <laughs> in a relationship, um, especially if you want to have a successful one that lasts a long, long time, you know, um, but yeah, I say all that to say, you know, talk a little bit more <laughs> about, you know, what it takes to get to the point where you feel like you can confide and like open up. Cause I know, you know, a lot of times, especially like remembering being a younger woman and men being very guarded, they just kind of are. And even it seemed like with each other, whereas I didn't feel like that was necessarily happening. Um, among like me and my homegirls on college. Like I'm just thinking even specifically like back at state. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not have been the same, like true for y'all because y'all have been friends for so long prior to even coming to state, but like y'all see what you see where I'm, what I'm asking, where I'm coming from, I guess. Like, where does it take for you to, where, what did it take for you to get to the point where you're like, okay, yeah, I can't be holding this in no more. I gotta. Um. Honestly, I, I, it's just part of that growth. Um, I've definitely had realizations where I will, you know, confine and martyr, confine within our group, our circle, whatever. And then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, that didn't go as bad as I thought it was going to go. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't, <laughs> at, they, they didn't jump out of a bag on me. They, know, they didn't talk about me or ridicule me or made me feel any type of way. They were very supportive. Um, I guess I guess every single time or every instance that I did that, it just made my comfortable level. You know, it, it increased my comfortable level of of opening up to them. So I really just think it, it just takes growth and maturity, and it takes takes a real conversation with yourself. Where okay, it's time for me to be an adult. It's time for me to grow. It's time for me to really talk about my feelings and not just expect other people to know what I'm going through. And mm-hmm. it's really just trusting your friends, honestly. Um, I trust him all day. I, I confide him all day. And you know, he, he showed that he wasn't judgmental. He made me feel safe, you know? 
Yeah, it's it's funny. This is something I tell people all the time, and I don't think they um, believe it until it happens. And and because in our friend group, except for one other person, I'm the oldest person. And um, I I I tell people, and I tell all of them, I was like, once you turn 26, as a guy, your life gonna change. And they're like, what you talking about? I like just trust me. The day, not 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 the next day, not the next week. The Literally. day you turn 26, Literally. like your entire um, viewpoint of life is going to change. And they're like, okay, we'll see. Clarence turned 26, you're like, what am I doing? Our other friend turned 26, like, what, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what it is about it. And I'm going to say, like, why, why 26? I, I don't know. I think part of it is the expectation that you set on yourself when you're younger. So mm-hmm. at this age, I'm going to do this, this, and this. But you know, you're still 25, I'm under 25, I can do whatever. Like I'm still good and young, I can do blah, blah, blah. But it's something about 26, like literally that day, I was like, what am I doing with my life? What, what am I, what, what's next, what's going on? Like, I can't be doing this forever. And literally wow. every, every guy I've told that to that's younger than me, uh, once they hit it, they was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's real. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, literally, I can literally tell you where I was at that stroke and oh. I was sitting in bed I was laying there and I'm in and that, like you said the expectation at 26 I'm supposed to have x y and z I'm supposed to be this I'm supposed to have this many kids I'm supposed to have this in my life blah 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 and I'm comparing it to what I have now and it's what am I doing what have, have I been doing for 26 years where I didn't accomplish it and I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's biological. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know what it is. But at 26, 25, 26, it's just a light bulb comes on and you're like, okay, let me stop fucking around. Let me take some shit seriously. Yeah, and I think that's where that maturity level comes in of having to be open to other people. Like you do it a little when you're younger, you do it, you start doing it little by little and this mm-hmm. event happens. So you feel you can trust this person with this and slowly, but once you get to a certain age and, I, and for me, I think it's 26, but once you get to that age, it's like, you know what? I can't keep thinking I can handle everything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I still think I can handle everything. So, <laughs> but realizing that I can't, like knowing I can't, um and be willing to ask for the help right when, when needed and that's with i think with men in general i think that's the hardest thing get to the point where you're not afraid to ask for help mm. oh that's a good segue that is an excellent segue <laughs> to the question that i want to ask next go ahead so <laughs> can you name a time you know when, that a black man that you didn't know helped or supported you in some type of way or vice versa when you helped somebody that you didn't know, a fellow black man or supported him? Now see, mm. we had these questions before, but we still got to think about them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, um, yeah, Mississippi Valley State, when I was working there, that was the first thing that popped in my head. Um, there's a black man. Um, he's he's still working there. A guy named Patrick. Um, 
I love Pat. Um, he's a good dude. Um, mm-hmm. He looked out for me because I was freshly, I just graduated from Mississippi State. Um, I had mm-hmm. been in food service all of a year working in the catering office in Mississippi State, and I wanted mm-hmm. to get a catering director position in Mississippi Valley. And when I tell you, I was green. Um, um, <laughs> this is kind of confession, but I had no business. I had no business having that job. Uh, I was in catering for one year. I was working in catering for one year, and for one summer, I stepped up and you know I helped out in the catering office and whatnot. And they upgraded me to a catering coordinator. And then I applied to Mississippi Valley for one job. They said, "Hey, come be the catering director." And I said, "Me, fresh out of college." I need money. I said, okay. Right. And, I, I took, I took <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. I was completely green. And Pat saw that. He knew. Pat had been working there for, I don't know, 20 plus years. Like he was vetted in Mississippi mm-hmm. Valley. Everybody knew him. Everybody knew his mom. Everybody knew his family, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he knew I was a bullshitter or, <laughs> <laughs> or if he knew that I was just, you know, a young black man just graduated trying to, you know, make his way with that. But he was like, I'm going to help you out. And he would get up early in the morning. He would come to me for catering events. He would help me do the setups. He would explain, you know, the the do's and don'ts of Mississippi Valley, who likes what, who doesn't like what. Um, If I ever set some shit up that wasn't, you know, how the president or the vice president or whatever department did like, he would put me on game on who likes mm-hmm. who. And he did it completely voluntarily. Like literally I was setting up one day, I think I was setting up for an event and I can't remember what the fuck I was doing, but I know he walked up to me and he was mm-hmm. like, that's not the way you want to do it. And he explained yada, yada, yada. He wound up staying late. He stayed, he worked the event with me, explained yada, yada, me and him wound up getting cool. Um, yeah, we, we hung out outside of work, you know, a little bit, but, and he just really put me on game and he looked out for me. And when I say he did it with no reward in mind, he literally did it because he saw a young black man trying to make his way in the world. And he took me under his wing and he really put me on for catering. And he really kind of grew me and he groomed me. And it was really, like I said, it was just, un- it, it wasn't voluntary. I mean, it was voluntary. He did not say, this is what I need from, from me. He didn't make me feel like I owed him anything. He just typically cared about me. And that just kind of, I guess, fueled my drive of doing the same thing. Because, you know, when I see someone that comes into the workplace, you know, whether, you know, I'm a teacher or whatnot. So someone that comes to the school, if I see them, you know, they're going to do something that's going to get them in trouble, do something mm-hmm. that's not exactly the way our principal wants it, I'm going to mm-hmm. step in and say, hey, yo, that's not the way to do it. And I just think about Pat when I mm-hmm. do things like that. Like Pat stepped up and he put me on game. And he saved me for getting my ass chewed out. So I'm just paying it forward. Whenever I see someone fucking up, I'm like, hey, yo, such and such <laughs> ain't going to like that. Just what you need to do, I'm trying to save you. So, <laughs> so shout, out, shout, out, shout out to Pat. I've been paying it forward ever since he did that for me, so. That's dope. Now, I love that story. You're a great teller. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, I don't I don't have nothing as dramatic, but what what helped me or so being a fraternity helps a lot, but you don't mm-hmm. always know everyone that's in a fraternity, especially when you move to a different city and mm-hmm. don't really know anyone. Mm-hmm. Um so when I moved to, to Hattiesburg, when I went to grad school at USM. Mm-hmm. Um, I only knew 
my roommate, uh, Allie, and I didn't really know anyone else there. But one mm-hmm. of my uh, frat brothers from my chapter, he was there. So he introduced me to some people and, you know, cool, fine, whatever. We, um, I was in grad school. I had no job. I was trying to get graduate assistantships. Those weren't really working out because everything was taken. And I met this guy one time, actually my second time meeting him, but my first time actually meeting him. And he was like, well, I, I, um, I'm the general manager at this shoe store. I'll get you on. Like that, that was he said, I'll get you on. And I was only doing it for, I only did it for probably about three or four months. But that three or four months literally saved me because I had nothing. Like I think it was still minimum wage, but when you're making nothing and you're yeah. in school yeah. oh, and like you're yeah. you're living off your uh refund check, like still Woo. like that is not the place to be. And just having someone, even though they're they're even though it's technically frat, like it doesn't really matter because they don't know you. Like they don't really right. know you like that. In order especially to take a chance on, on you. And especially like you know, you know, on those um those tests like at Walmart and stuff, when you try to work there, they mm-hmm. had all those million questions that don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Those tests, I fail them every time. Every single time. I failed the one there. It was like, you know what? <laughs> he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm gonna get you in anyway. And took care of me. Like that's what's up. I think that's, I think that's something good. So like even now that I'm in a better position to do things like that. I definitely try to look out for anyone that I've worked with, anyone that worked with me. Um, if I can hire someone, I try to help. Um, if I can kind of tell someone kind of which way to go or uh, mm-hmm. any advice I can give, I, I definitely do that. Um, but it's all so random. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's never on purpose. It just happens. And I, I think that's the best part about it is just mm-hmm. knowing that, hey, I don't even know you and I still feel like I have some responsibility to make sure that you get to where you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's an important thing. And especially within Black men in general, just realizing that no matter what we do, we're all just together mm-hmm. for better and for worse. So mm-hmm. I'm at least do my part to try to help the next person get to what they're trying to get to in life. Yeah, most definitely. Um, just to kind of echo what Marty just said, that part really sticks out to me, the part where he said that, um, I don't know you, but I still feel responsible for you, especially mm-hmm. you know, as, as black men, you know, we're, we're responsible for each other, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not responsible for the stereotype that's been placed upon us, but we are responsible for overcoming that or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when I see another black man and I know I can do for him, I'm going to do for him. And I, I definitely feel like it is my responsibility to help, you know, not necessarily the younger generation, but just the next man, the next person next to me that's trying to come up, that's trying to do better in the world. It is my responsibility to help him where I can. So definitely. Mm. That That's just amazing. It's very inspiring. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, now that y'all are doing that, was that role modeled for you? So like, did you see older men in your life, such as like your dad or granddad, uncles, cousins, engaging in meaningful relationships with other black men also? Um, 
I'm gonna say, yeah, um, my dad was definitely that person. Um, and not to sound negative at all, because but my dad showed me what not to do, to be honest with you. Know, he wasn't a bad dad by any means. He was not so he was definitely there, he was loving, mm-hmm. he was caring and whatnot, mm-hmm. but he showed me, you know. These are, you know, the consequences of, you know, not saving and not thinking about the, the next day and not doing mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And he, I mean, he mm-hmm. used to tell me all the time that, you know, son, I work so hard, so you don't have to. And so you don't have to, you know, do the things that I have to do to make sure the lights are on. And I remember all of that. And mm-hmm. I remember that, the, the, you know, the, you know, we were never, you know, homeless or anything, but I definitely know that we struggle here and there. And he showed me that if I don't do X, Y, and Z, these are the consequences. And, you know, that we, we still talk every day, you know, I love him and he's doing so much better than what we were when, you know, growing up, but mm-hmm. he's definitely laid the, the, the blueprint, the footwork that I need to follow. And he's definitely showed me what, I need to do to make sure that I'm successful. Yeah. So, definitely, so yeah. But um, but uh, so to add to what Clarence just said, and I'm about to talk about Clarence's dad here real quick. Um, I I think a a lot of our friendship, like my friendship with Clarence, is initially based off his daddy's friendship with our old football coach. And the reason why I say that is because, like, like I said, me and Clarence got close, and then we got real close in seventh grade. Then we got even closer because we started doing music together. We started uh, writing. We started recording. Like, we started doing a whole lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. We are we had this interest on our own separately, mm-hmm. but I also think the fact that his daddy and our old football coach, they had their own record company. They had oh. this, like, like they, like they had that going. Like, yeah, they were out there coaching us f- for football while also recording in the studio and got all this mm-hmm. other stuff going on too. Like, they did a lot, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of what we were doing, especially starting off. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, I legit. There's been times where where I, because, you know, parents were working and all that, like, where I didn't have a ride home mm-hmm. from a uh, football practice. And because Clarence's granddaddy stayed down the street from me, his dad was like, all right, I'll take you. And take me, and it's, now, get this, from my house to where we're having football practice at, it's closer than from where we're having football practice at to his house. His daddy would still go to go to their house first, <laughs> and then drive all the way back across town <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to drop drop us off. It was like hilarious, but like so. yeah, and just having just seeing that friendship and and I think it just hit me while doing this. Like the that's kind of how how we started off, and knowing like even now through the growth of all of that, like we still have that bond now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I like seeing older folks, like my, my, my dad the same way, he has a whole bunch of friends. My, uh, my stepdad, same thing. Like he has friends and he has a huge family too. So like, you know, they're always looking out for people. 
mm-hmm. one way or another, looking out for me one way or another. Um, I, my grandparents and this, my granddaddy and my grandma, like, meant for all of them, they legit would bring mm-hmm. a family member into the house when they have nothing just to help, help them out a little bit. So like, I think some of that just rubs off on me. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why I'm like, most of the work I've ever done has been service work, like mm-hmm. in serving the public and serving others and helping others. Like that's kind of been my MO since I can remember. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Do you remember you were about to say Clarence or I cut you off? <laughs> no, 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 I was just really just taking in what you said. And it's crazy that you just mentioned about being a servant of the people. Um, I rem- I'm not saying this is the most defining moment or whatever, but I definitely remember a conversation that me and Marty had in during college. And I can't remember the question that I asked him. I can't remember the context or whatnot, but I remember his answer. And he said, like, literally, this was like, you know, 10 plus years ago. And he said he was a servant of the people. He said, regardless of X, Y, and Z, again, I can't remember exactly the conversation, but he said, I'm a servant of the people. Like, my end goal is to make sure everybody's straight. And I remember really, like, thinking about it, you know, maybe not right then and there, but I remember thinking about it. And and I'm just like, that's that, that that's my end goal. Like, that's really what I'm working to be is a servant of the people and making sure that everybody else is straight. And I just, that's just something, a conversation that we had that really resonated with me. And it's just crazy mm-hmm. that, you know, 10 plus years later, he's saying it again. And it's mm-hmm. just something that I've always carried with me. So I know that he's, when he said it 10 years ago, he meant it. And I know 10 years later, he's saying it again, and he still meant it. And I can say that that is honestly something that I've thought about, you know, in my own personal journey in life stuff is to remember being a servant of other people that's my end goal and all the decisions that I make and everything that I do I want to make sure I'm a servant of other people so shout out to him man that, that is hilarious because I, I cannot remember the conversation at all like knowing me that's definitely something I've said like because mm-hmm. I just know me like yep. that's definitely something I've said yeah. but it's just hilarious because no, I pride myself on remembering stuff. Like I remember mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff that I shouldn't remember and a whole bunch of stuff that I refuse to say in public that has happened before that I remember between us and all my friends. Like I refuse, but mm-hmm. I remember. So not remember that conversation is hilarious, but knowing that it still had an impact regardless yeah. is important. Yeah. That, that, that's super it's- important. And now that I said it, as soon as we start recording, it's gonna pop and it's gonna like, oh yeah, I remember that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you a story. And, and this actually, something else that happened in college, because I think it's safer for us to tell the college stories than the high school stories. Um, wow. Everything's legal now, so but as legal as it can be. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, before we were young and stupid. That's the best way to put it. So yeah, even in college we were young and stupid, but we weren't that stupid as we were in high school. <laughs> so I remember, I don't know, I actually do know. It was at this party that they threw. Put, put my name on it. I had nothing to do with the party. <laughs> they just threw the party, put my name on it, and it became a party. <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah. So, when, so, when this happened? Oh, this yeah. Happened, <laughs> your, your freshman years and before, before, uh, no, it couldn't have been your freshman year. It couldn't have been your freshman year, but it was, uh, they were standing at 21. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. They, yeah. they called it Marty, Marty Party. Yeah. Oh, I think I remember this. <laughs> like, and when yeah. I say it's legit, there was, it was completely random. They just made a Facebook flyer and like, bam, this is a party. It was like, is this? Okay. And then wanna, people started coming. <laughs> I want to interject one time. It was a practical joke. It was never supposed to happen. It was, okay, so yeah. Me and the other friend, we were literally sitting around talking about it, and we was like, it wouldn't be so funny if we started a buzz around campus about a party, and you know, his birthday is coming up, and Marty rhymes with party, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, let's just give it a shot, and we had, doc, we had made, you know, back then you made Facebook events and whatnot, and you invited everybody, and we did all, we pulled all the stops, we made, we we repeated ourselves in the post, we made, we would act like we were screaming at people in the post and whatnot, and <laughs> we, we were shocked, like, a day later, like, 60, 70-some people said they were coming, and we was like, oh, shit, we, <laughs> we gotta make this happen now, we gotta make and granted, this happen. I was the only one over 21 at that time. Yep. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, was going to say. Because I, I, I was like, now that I remember this, I didn't remember like how it happened. I was like, wait, how did that? What? Yep. Yeah, it, it just, yeah you didn't. It, you it was completely random. You didn't 21, did you? Because you didn't live no, in 21. I was RA. I was in Evans. So, yeah. like, <laughs> so like, it was like, matter of fact, I was on duty when they made, when they made the post. <laughs> Yeah, I was on duty when they made the post. <laughs> oh so gosh. it was just like, oh, like, so, what? <laughs> so I think we end up not granted, we're poor college students. Oh gosh. So we spent like two hundred dollars on liquor. Yes, we did. And I can't even tell you, we, we bought some stuff I've never seen before, haven't seen it since. Uh, wow. We were, just, we were just grabbing stuff. Like, How'd y'all mm-hmm. scrape together $200 in college for alcohol? Because I think it was right around refund check. Like we said, exactly. Okay. That, 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 that makes exactly oh, oh, refund. yeah, because your, yeah, your birthdays are, would be around that time. Mine, uh huh, yep. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like we were, um, Ooh. Like I said, the part the part is random. We we didn't realize that people were coming, and so like we had to like buy a whole bunch of liquor the day of, <laughs> and uh, yeah. grab some food, like threw some wings and stuff together. Like bam, bam, bam. Let's see how this go. Bam. So we were talking like this. The part is going on. Blah 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 blah, and we were talking and. We were outside on the patio, just me and Clarence. And we were talking about his girlfriend at the time. And I, I don't know. Well, I actually know what, what happened because we were drinking. So that's already <laughs> already hot. Go. And it was just like, now granted, I was I was broke, but I was at the better place at that time. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, shoot, and you really go marry her. Then should I pay for it? The courthouse ain't that much. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I said that 
I probably owe him some money, but. Yeah, I'll try to keep my mouth shut, but you brought it up, bro. <laughs> I guess you need to run him his funds, player. <laughs> it, 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 look, it, it's got to pay back one way or the other, so it's good. But I, I just remember that conversation, and like I don't remember how we how that subject came up, but it involved the conversation. Like it was a deep conversation at that time, mm-hmm. and like I said, it we're having a party. And like we're just outside on the patio, just talking, and it was legit just me and him. And like, bam, that came up. It's like, oh, okay, mate. And it's just like, just little things like that, like that you can remember, like mm-hmm. small conversations that people don't really remember, small things and gestures that happen that people don't remember that has such an impact. And you can remember it happening even 10, 15, 20 years later. Yeah. That it's easy to remember. Like, easy. Like, yeah, let's let them stop. Yeah, yeah, you stop because you <laughs> yeah, you start stop. telling my stories, I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> no, like let's say these Clarence stories are safe. Like I know that's what I'm saying. That's about, why I said about some not safe stories. Like, like we're we're safe. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just you know we're keeping it cute. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that is. Cr- that is crazy. That's crazy. I, I I forgot. I even forgot about that. Like now that I'm thinking about it, I definitely remember that now. I definitely remember sitting outside having a conversation, and also, by chance, I remember right after that conversation, we looked at the parking lot and we was like, "Oh shit," because the parking <laughs> lot was like full of cars. We didn't know half of the motherfuckers that was at the party, and we walked. Well, Lisa's inside. probably on the way. No, 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 the police shockingly, was there. The police never, but but it never came to our door. You can you know, in college, they used to just come out. and clear the parties out. Like they never did. Yeah. They, they go to also. Go ahead. Also, I will say, miss, you know, people used to love to hang out outside for whatever mm-hmm. reason and wouldn't go indoors. So then it alerted everybody that's a fucking party. It's like, come on now. Why is you yeah. hanging out outside? At least yeah, we did go someplace. <laughs> Yeah, and we did a pretty good job even then not really knowing that how it worked of mm-hmm. keeping a part of like it was a fun night. Um we really enjoyed ourselves, everyone enjoyed themselves, everyone was drunk, like people I people I don't know, people I did know, people that I knew in passing mm-hmm. at that time, <laughs> they you know yeah. knowing more later, like I can't tell you who was at that party. There's some people I remember oh, distinctly, but I remember some people who was Didn't at that party. Didn't my favorite white boy Don't. show up though? Yeah, I know. Yeah. This, he, he oh, was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, re- <laughs> it, I love that man. Yes. Like, yeah. wow, I we, forgot. We, we, we had a really gone. good time at that party. That was bomb. That was dope. The, the best unexpected party ever. Well, I think. I mean, really, all the parties should have been called, a lot of them anyway, because we definitely threw a lot of parties at either Marty's place or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just recalling. Yeah. And you know what? I think high school is the reason... Episode. I think high school the reason why I enjoy having people over and throwing parties, because, like, we, we were one of our... We were the first class at my school to throw a party without the permission initially of the administration. Yeah. Like, we're like, 
hey, we need a fundraiser because we're trying to do X, Y, and Z. Shoot, let's throw a party. And we're like, yeah. okay, we're going to do this, this, this. And then it's like, oh, we need permission. Oh, well, we already told people, so like. Yeah, uh, ask yeah. for forgiveness. You just got to ask for forgiveness. So, like, we need the money. So is it y'all going to give us the money? You're going to let us throw this party. What's up? Yeah. yeah, and we're doing it at the school. Like we we had a little a little a little fallback afterwards, but yeah, yeah, it was fine. They're, they're just like <laughs> the beginning, but but like once that once party was so successful, it was like oh, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to do these. Like we can easily just throw a party, and people come. Especially I think what we charge two dollars to get in in mm-hmm. high school. The college party was free, but like two dollars to get in high school. Come on, bam, we made we made a killing that night. Like we did great. Throw mm. back. <laughs> but all right, I'm gonna ask one more serious question. We're all, all right. What's... We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there has been a little bit of controversy. Um, I feel like around posts talking about men showing affection to other men, like even in father-son relationships. And I'm like, okay, interesting that people would have such a um, a very strong response to that. But what are your thoughts regarding like men showing other men affection? Um, like whether it be a hug, you know what I mean? Or like whatever, especially like father-son relationships. Cause I mean, I think you help make the person, I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's mandatory. Like, it's mandatory. Like, you can't say that um, you love somebody, but you can't tell them that you love them. Um, I, I feel very strongly about that. Um, I'm all for showing male affection. Like, I, I, like I'm I'm comfortable, you know, I, that I always, you know, I'm comfortable in my sexuality or whatever. But you know, even, even past that, I just know that I have no problem telling somebody that I love, I love them because I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I do. And, you know, I tell my dad, I love him every time I talk to him. Um, mm-hmm. I tell my son, I love him every time I talk to him, every time I see him, um, you know, whenever we see each other, I, I, I mm-hmm. tell, I make him say it back to me, say, I love you. Get mm-hmm. comfortable telling your dad that you love him. Because mm. you're gonna hear this for the rest of your goddamn life. I don't care what you say. <laughs> you're gonna hear that I love you. I'm gonna be 80 some years old, and you're gonna be, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever, however fuck old. And I'm gonna tell <laughs> your your grown ass, I love you. And motherfucker, I dare you to whisper on your breath. To <laughs> not say it back. I dare you. Because I mean, we all we got. Mm-hmm. We all we got, like you know, you know, my group of friends, my family. This is all I got, and I'm gonna let y'all know that I love y'all. Um, I'm all for, um, you know, th- this that 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 meme and a picture, or whatever, where you know the grandfather's kissing the dad, the dad's kissing the son, or whatnot. And you know, I I, I love that picture because mm-hmm. I kiss my son. I kiss mm-hmm. my son. I, I I I have no shame in it. I don't feel embarrassed about it. I kiss my son and I make right. him kiss me because he's my, like you said, he's mine. I made him, God damn it. Why, <laughs> right. the, fuck, why the fuck wouldn't I be comfortable kissing something I made? So, <laughs> right. and, and if you're not comfortable, if you're not comfortable, then motherfucker, look in the other direction. That's why God gave our necks can swivel and shit. So <laughs> you, you ain't got to look at it. 
But my son's gonna know that at the end of the day, no matter what, he can call dad and he know dad loves him. So that, that's how I feel about that. You know, it's it's totally acceptable, it's totally okay. What would you say to men who feel like it's not, even though I, I mean, because it seems like they probably need it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they um, need sure. Well, what would you say? Like, who hurt you? What happened? <laughs> What's going on? Like, seriously, seriously, yeah. what happened? Like, what happened in your life? that that wasn't okay because i can't think of a negative reason why that would be okay like i can't think of anything that would be a negative outcome of me knowing of my son knowing that i love him knowing that his dad is comfortable kissing him because again i'm gonna be 80 some years old kissing my child yeah you grown as fuck and i'm gonna kiss you on the goddamn head because motherfucker i made you at the end of the day you are mine um Mm. And if you don't feel comfortable, why aren't you comfortable kissing mm-hmm. something that you made, kissing someone that you made? Like, what is the problem with that? Um, honestly, that, that and it's not coming from a judgmental place and trying to bash you, but like, honestly, what is it? What happened that you're not comfortable with it? Because I feel like you should be. Like, if, like, uh, uh, come on, if that was your daughter, you wouldn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it that because the, what you made came out with a penis, you're like, ah, oh, I can't kiss you. I can't show you affection, blah, blah, blah. No, fuck that. It's, I made you. You're right. mine. You're my right. child. So. Right. Especially like, I mean, I feel like the world har- hardly has any love for black men in the first place. Exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, like you're so tired of being a tough guy. They, they my house, my house is going to be one place that my child can just let it all go and just be who the fuck they are and i feel like if you can't give that to your child why do you have a child so mm. that's a word right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i i definitely agree with clarence like i think now s- some stuff is you know based off how you grew up and you know your family upbringing and this is all you know blah 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 that sounded so condescending, but it's, it's not. It's not meant to be. <laughs> um, but knowing that it's important, but also I think it's important, even within, even with, even outside of family, mm-hmm. to be able to show that male affection. And I think a lot of those people, and a lot of those people who are real anti it, don't realize they do it all the time, right. like. I, I, I don't know someone who, even if I dap them up, is a dap hug. Like, literally everyone is a dap hug. Like, yeah. People who I see there are like real hard, tough, they're still do dap hugs. Like, you're hugging this person all the time, and it's another guy. Like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, you don't realize that you're doing it because you're not thinking in that way, but that's what's happening. Um being able to be there for your friends is important. Like, like what Boosie said before, um, what does someone say? If you love your nigga, hug your nigga. Like, yeah, legit. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it like I, 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 I think that's important to have. I think it's important to be there for, be there and not just say you're there. If your friend need a hug, hug your friend. Yeah. If your friend, yeah need someone to cry on, let them cry. Like, it's okay. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times, because one, 
the older I've gotten, I'm a sap. But even when I was younger, if I cried, I cried. Like there was always someone there that's there for me. If I was having an issue with someone I was dating or someone I was talking to, being able to have my friends there to mm -hmm. talk to me about it, talk to me through it, they was always there. Like there's more than one way to show affection, but it's also important to be willing to hug the people around you, be able to right. embrace, embrace them and show that they're there for a reason. Because mm -hmm. I mean, we're human at the end of the day. Like, I think when you take away that piece of it, you take away the human aspect and you don't allow yourself to to be a human, really. Right, 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 right. We're, we're emotional beings. Like, I, I don't care how hard you are. I don't care how, I, I don't care how you was brought up and whatnot. You are an, an emotional being. Mm -hmm. You know, you may have been taught to you know, um, hide and pack away the feelings or not. But at the end of the day, you are an emotional human being and you're an emotional being. So when you express those feelings, you will feel better. Like, mm -hmm. that's just what it is. Exactly. But thank you, Clarence. Thank you so yes, much for being on this call with us. Thank like you. This, this was real good, um, especially to, to, to go through it in, even like I said, even though we've known each other forever, and just being able to even learn some stuff on this call between mm -hmm. us, like right. it's a, a great thing. Um, thank you for finding time because I, I know you're busy. We're all right. busy, but I, I know you right now. You're probably a little bit more busy than me. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and thank y'all, uh, listeners, uh, once again for listening to us. Uh, please remember that we do want to hear from you. Uh, yes, please. please. Yes, please send in letters for questions, comments, feedbacks, or topics for us to discuss. Or if you would like to join us for a discussion, uh, please reach out to us at crazyinlovepod at gmail.com. Once again, that's crazyinlovepod at gmail.com. Also, please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Um, it'll definitely help us reach more people and mm -hmm. keep spreading the word and being there for people. So yeah. once again, thank y'all so much for for listening. Yes, thank you, thank you.